Years before a World Cup tournament, nations bid, grapple and sometimes even pay bribes in order to secure the rights to host. But why do they do that? Is it purely because they like football so much or because they enjoy opening up their borders to visitors? Of course, it's neither. There are a bunch of stuff countries expect to get from hosting the World Cup and that's why they want the opportunity so badly. But the thing is, the positives usually come with a lot of negatives. So when we ask what the host countries of World Cup tournaments get, we're looking at the entire package. Come along with us. Now, obviously, the citizens of the host country will enjoy a development in infrastructure building up to the World Cup. More high-standard stadiums will be built, better roads and transport systems will be erected. The hospitality game will also be upped as the country intends to open its doors to people from all around the world and even security will be tightened up. On the surface, all these things are great. The standard of living of the locals will see a significant bump and if you narrow it down to only football, the local leagues, if they're not already developed, will receive a massive boost with better stadiums and facilities now at their disposal. We saw all of this with South Africa after they hosted the 2010 World Cup. But there's a price to pay for all of this, and that price, in one word, is debt. FIFA has high standards for its tournaments, and if you intend to host, you have no other option than to abide. The stadiums, hotels, temporary housing, and other stuff have to meet FIFA's high standards. And guess what? It's the taxpayer of the host country that bears the financial responsibility for all of that. And what's crazy is that, on many occasions, the citizens hardly have use for many of these facilities after the tournament and they have to be downsized or taken down completely. For example, after the Olympic Games in Athens in 2004, there were calls for the stadiums to be broken down because they were not being used. This drives the government into debt as they hardly profit from all these expansions. And you can imagine that it's worse for underdeveloped countries. For example, England has football clubs that can afford to pay for these stadiums even after they are used for the tournament, so there's no problem there. After the 2012 Olympics, bids were made for the London Olympic Stadium and it was eventually given to West Ham, who have to pay a certain amount of money back to the government every year. But that's no problem for a Premier League club that also plays in Europe. A bunch of events both in sports and in entertainment are also still held at the stadium to date. So it's still beneficial. But underdeveloped countries and nations with substandard leagues do not get this luxury. So why then do the underdeveloped countries still bid for hosting rights? Well, tourism could be an answer. Thousands of people flying into your country for a period of about a month surely does sound like it'll do a whole lot of good for the economy. Money from foreigners is spent on hospitality food and other side attractions which some fans might be interested in during their stay. Sounds great, doesn't it? However, when you look at what the country is receiving in comparison to what they spend in anticipation of the tournament itself, it's still a loss. For Brazil 2014, it was estimated that for the government to recoup what it spent on putting up new infrastructure for the World Cup, tourists would have to spend an average of US$130,000 during their stay and we all know that was never going to happen in just one month. So even when the host countries think they're making money, they're actually losing, and the entire burden falls back on the taxpayer. It would actually even be more economical for the government to just give money to hotels and restaurants instead of developing those facilities for the World Cup. And this is probably a good time to remind you that profits from ticket sales, TV rights, and all that stuff go straight to FIFA. The hosts get no cut of that, 
and to even worsen matters, local vendors can hardly benefit from commerce around the stadiums. It was reported that in Brazil, local vendors were not allowed to sell their goods around the stadiums because FIFA wanted their sponsors to maximize commercial profit from in and around the stadiums. So guess we can put that myth to rest now. The World Cup doesn't actually improve the economy of the host countries. What it does do, however, is improve the local leagues. South Korea, Japan, Brazil, South Africa and even Russia have all seen their leagues benefit from hosting the World Cup and we're sure Qatar will too. The players have better broadcasting equipment, better stadiums, better training facilities and even more eyes watching their leagues. The locals get more interested in football during the tournament and that's only normal because for a period of a month and even more before the competition kicks off, all that is being talked about around them is the game of football. And with better infrastructure now available, it would surely be more appealing for the new converts. Another huge benefit that comes from hosting the World Cup is job creation. With infrastructure to be built for the tournament, there'll surely always be a spike in the need for workers all over the country for months or even years leading up to the World Cup. Citizens of the country definitely benefit massively from that. Furthermore, one underrated thing the host country gets is automatic qualification to the World Cup. While other countries are bothering themselves with making it to the tournament, the host country can just sit back and focus on preparing for the tournament itself. It might seem like a small thing, but think about a country like Qatar. Qualification for the first ever World Cup they're going for was made possible as a result of the rights they have as hosts. Also, since South Africa hosted the 2010 tournament, they haven't been able to qualify for another World Cup. As a matter of fact, through qualifiers, South Africa has only made it to two World Cup tournaments in their entire history. So while countries like Brazil in 2014, France in 98 and Germany in 2006 may take this benefit for granted, other nations like South Africa in 2010, Qatar in 2022 and even Canada in 2026 certainly understand the value of this opportunity. Finally, an event this big with millions of attendees and billions of viewers is sure to attract foreign investors from all around the world. So if a country plays their cards right, they could get some awesome investment as a result of playing host to the biggest sports competition on the globe. Oh, and we nearly forgot this one. It could also be used as a tool for sports washing. Whether we want to admit it or not, some countries want to host the World Cup so as to launder their image on the international stage. We're seeing it with Qatar this year and we kind of saw it with Russia four years ago. And love it or hate it, you have to say that it works. Anyway, having now seen both the positive and negatives of hosting the FIFA World Cup, would you still like your country to bid for hosting rights? Let us know in the comments. If you're from a country that recently hosted the tournament, get in there and tell us what the experience was like for a local. If you enjoyed this video, give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Also turn on the bell notification so you never miss out on new content and we'll catch you in the next one. Bye bye.